I hadn't seen that. I like it. Welcome, welcome. Well, we are in a brand new series called The Fight of Your Life. And if we all want to be followers of Jesus, and not, not all of us probably do, but if we want to be good followers of Jesus, we need to recognize that we're in a battle, that there's a war going on, and that we have a fight. And we're going to talk for the next five weeks about what this fight is. Now, some of us don't even realize we're in a battle. And that's even worse, because if you don't realize you're in a battle, you're probably going to lose. But we are. So we're going to talk about the mind, battle of the mind. We're going to talk about the battle of, of uh, well, I forgot what they were. We're talking about uh, the mind. We're going to talk about a battle with sin, generally. We're talking about the battle for the next generation. Um, we're talking about a battle for the choices we make and the actions we take over the next few weeks. Now, we know that we are in a battle because the Bible says so. Paul wrote, wrote this in Romans chapter 7, 20, verses 21 and 23. Here's what he says. So, I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. So, Paul, Paul's talking about the war that's going on, this battle inside him, and he, he, he says there's a battle waging against his mind. It's an internal battle, but he is actively fighting against it. I, I, think, I think this is apropos, this mind topic, because we're told in our world that we're supposed to follow our heart. Ah, you know, just, just follow your heart. Just, you know, it, it's all right. But, but it's not all right. Here's what Jeremiah 17 says. Jeremiah 17, verses 9 and 10. It says, The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can know it? Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. Now, in the Bible, the, the word heart Oftentimes, oftentimes, it's talking about the mind, thoughts, thoughts of the heart. So when it says here that the heart is, is wicked, it means that our, our mind, our inner being is wicked. Who can know it? It's corrupt. Paul says, or in uh, Jeremiah, it says, um, we, we shouldn't trust our hearts because our hearts deceive us. Our hearts are evil. The things inside of them are not good. We also see here that the mind leads to actions and conduct. And in fact, I think that's why the mind is such a great place to start. Because if you understand your life, you understand that your actions, your attitudes, they flow out of your heart. Everything starts in the mind. And if you can win the battle of the mind, it will directly impact every area of your life. Now, 
the converse of that is also true. If you do not win the battle of your mind, you will have an incredibly difficult time trying to control your actions and attitudes and words. See, we oftentimes want to treat the symptoms. Oh, that kid, he keeps cussing and swearing, so we just have to teach him not to swear. Oh, no. No, the, the swearing is just a symptom. It's a symptom of a heart condition, of a, of a contaminated mind. But we're really good at putting Band-Aid over cancer. We want to treat the symptom all the time. Behavior modification. Oh, but this is the battle. The battle is, is for the mind. So, let's talk about that today. I think there's a couple questions we have to ask ourselves today. One is, are we regularly inspecting our minds? Are we regularly taking an inventory of our minds? I just talked to a buddy of mine on Thursday this week. He's ex-military, and he talked to me about these inspections that they would have to go through. And, and it, was, it was his boots, and it was his belt, and it was his shirt, and it was his hair, and it was his footlocker, and it was his bed, and all of these inspections. He said, quite honestly, if, if you failed one of those, you had to make it right. <laughs> and when people fail repeatedly, we help them make it right, <laughs> because we're sick of paying the consequences. But, but they were constantly inspecting. Now, why? Because they wanted a certain result. See, there's a certain accountability to inspection. And I wonder, <clears throat> are we regularly inspecting our minds? What would it look like if we did a rigorous inspection of our thoughts, of our minds? Now, interestingly, the Bible says we're supposed to. Look what it says in Philippians 4, verse 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent and praiseworthy, think about such things. So, so I should take every thought, and if that thought is not true, kick it out. If I'm inspecting my mind and I have an un, untrue thought, boop, gone. An unnoble thought, boop, gone. Unacceptable thought, not a praiseworthy thought, boop. Pretty soon you're thinking, well, I don't have, my, my mind is empty. I don't have anything in my mind. Good. <laughs> That's a good start. I mean, you know, lovely, excellent, praiseworthy. Studies have shown that, that we have we have over 500 intrusive thoughts that come into our heads every day. And they last an average of 14 seconds. Now, they broke down this study and they found that 18% of these thoughts are mean, demeaning, or thinking about something unacceptable. Another 13% are ugly or dark. And here's the examples they gave in the study. And this is a quote. Shoving a stranger off the subway platform. Strangling someone. Smothering an elderly parent with a pillow. It's a little, it's a little exact, isn't it? It's, it's frightening. Driving a car off the bridge. 13%. So this amounts 
these 500 thoughts at 14 seconds amounts to 116 minutes a day. Two hours. Two hours a day of people's thoughts in these little snippets. Intrusive thoughts. Now, who's doing battle on their mind? I'll tell you what. Somebody is... is and the question is, what are we going to do about it? Because the problem isn't necessarily even the 14 seconds. The problem is sometimes we take one of those thoughts and we give it a home in our head, don't we? And we hang on that thought a lot longer than 14 seconds, don't we? We sometimes let it stay overnight. We sometimes remember it the next day and bring it up again. battle of the mind. The second question then is uh, what are the specific battles in the mind? Like, like if, if we're losing this battle of the mind or at least we're being attacked, where are we being attacked? What does that look like? So I want to give, I want to give us four specific examples of lies that we tell ourselves or lies that we hear that end up in our minds that I think are causing us to lose this battle of the mind. And I want you to remember that, that, that our thoughts have a direct impact on how we live. Remember that. So, so usually the problems you see in people begin up here. Usually. So the first the first significant battle of our minds, the lie we tell, the lies we tell ourselves, the lies we tell ourselves. N nobody talks to you more than you talk to you. Do you realize that? Nobody talks to you more than you do. You're like, I haven't told anybody that. How'd you know? Because it's true of all of us. And we tell ourselves lies. I will give you some examples. I will never be a success. Lie. My past mistakes will define me forever. I do not deserve to be happy. I am a failure and everyone knows it. I will never be able to get victory over that sin area in my life. How about this one? I will never get caught because nobody's watching. I'm pretty sure I can get away with it. Ladies and gentlemen, we tell ourselves lies all the time. All the time. We are self-sabotaging. We're masters of it. In fact, I believe that not only is, is there an enemy that's against us that is battling with our minds to win our minds, I think sometimes we join them in the battle against ourselves. But what does Paul say? Philippians 4.8. Here's what he says. He says, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is... Think on these things. Think on these things. Okay. What if we ran the thoughts we have in our head that we tell ourselves through 
this grid and said, wait a second, Brett, is that, is that a true is that a true statement? Wait, wait a second, Brett. Is, is that pure, Brett? No. All right, well then, get it out of there. Okay, wait, wait, Brett. Is, is, that, is that true? No. Get it out of there. Is that ex- excellent? Is it praiseworthy? No. Well, then get it out of there. But we don't do that enough. We don't think about the noble and the right and the pure and the lovely and the admirable and the excellent and the praiseworthy, but we should be. We should be doing an, we should be doing an inspection every day, multiple times a day of our minds. We tell ourselves lies all the time. I, I think the question is, uh, what lies have you been telling yourself and thinking about? Think about that. For you personally, what lies have you, have you been telling yourself? There's, there's a second one. We could spend all, all day on that one <laughs> because I can think of a lot of them for me. Um, and they sneak in. I don't even really notice them. But, but there, there are other lies we tell ourselves. And, and here's the second one. Not only do we lie to ourselves, but what about the lies other people tell us? What about the lies we've heard? And they're in our head. They're in our mind. And we think about them. <clears throat> they're similar, but, but sometimes different. They're not true. Here, here's some examples. You, you're ugly. You're dumb. You are never going to amount to anything. You know you're going to be worthless just like your father, just like your mother. The the lies that people tell us. Never going to be as good as your brother. And, and I think sometimes I don't notice these, but I notice some in other people. So you, you know the parent, you know the, the dad who's on the, on the sports field and he is berating his child, who's five, on the sports field about how awful whatever they just did was and how they're never going to make it to the professional league unless they shape up and quit picking the dandelions in the outfield. Like, and you're watching this parent have a meltdown on this five-year-old kid and, and, and you just want to punch him in the face. Because you know that, that they are lying to their child. Or maybe you haven't been on the sports field, but maybe it's in aisle four of Walmart. And you're watching this mom berate her child also for for whatever just happened in aisle four and you see this happening and you think these are the lies that people tell us and and you know what I, I I oftentimes think that I have forgot those lies and I'm like nah 
I don't let that bother me. But you know when those lies come back? Those lies come back in our lowest season of life. And as we're going through a valley in our lives, all of a sudden, all of those lies that people have told us, we begin to remember them. And we begin to obsess about them. And we begin to say things like this. You know, uh, maybe my dad was right. Maybe I won't amount to anything. Maybe my teacher was right. Maybe I am stupid. Maybe my ex was right. Maybe I am incapable of ever having a healthy relationship. And, and we begin to think about and obsess on those things. You know what? That's the attack. That's the battle of the mind. It's not only the lies I tell myself, it's the lies other people tell me. And, and I forget that I've got Philippians 4.8, which offers me a whole list of things that I need to remember about the things that are true and the things that are pure and the things that are noble, the things that are right and acceptable and praiseworthy. And the fact that, that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And, and, and that the Bible says that. And that the Bible says I'm bought with a price. And we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And we were created in the image and likeness of God. And, and that he says, I have a plan for you, declares the Lord, plan to prosper you, not to harm you, plan to give you a hope and a future. Like, we forget that. And we begin thinking about all these lies. I recognize sometimes that they're truth. And so I think we have to have some room in our life for that, too. That people do speak truth into our life, and we don't like it sometimes. That doesn't make it a lie. But we certainly hear a lot of lies. Whatever is true... And the question I have for you guys is what lies have you heard from others that you have allowed yourself to believe or think about? And how is that impacting you? Or is it time to go to war against these thoughts in your mind and recognize that they don't have a place as a follower of Jesus I know what God says about me. That he does have a plan for my life. That he loves me. That he will never leave me or forsake me. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if I lack wisdom, I'm supposed to ask him and he will give it. Like, that, that he is a stronghold, a refuge, a fortress. My deliverer. Like, do I, do I know that stuff? And am I doing battle with these lies? You're stupid, you're dumb, you, you've got no future, you're just like... you. No, I, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I have value, not because I have value, but because God gave me value. Because he created me in his likeness, in his, him, his image. And, and I'm a follower of Jesus, and so my old life is gone, and I have a new life in Christ. How are you doing on that? You doing battle for your mind? 
There's a third lie. And uh, it's the lies we believe about others. The lies we believe about others. This is one of those that's a, that's a good one. Because I, I don't like it when other people believe things about me that are not true. But I can be very quick at jumping to conclusions about other people. The question is, do I always think the best? Do I always give margin for the best in somebody else? But you don't understand, you weren't at my mom's funeral. Okay, but is there margin that maybe there was some reason? But you don't understand, you didn't, you didn't go on Facebook and, and friend me, I don't, whatever you do on Facebook. Uh, could it be that the person never goes on Facebook? I have no idea what's on Facebook. All right? So if you have hurt feelings about what I do on Facebook, I'm sorry. I don't know my password. I made one post, I think, four years ago. Maybe it was six years ago. Don't even, I don't have any idea. No idea. Once in a while, Nicole says, you should read this. <laughs> Other than that, no clue. Um, but for you to get offended about that, you're believing lies about somebody you don't know about. For me to get offended that you weren't in church last week because obviously you don't love Jesus, that, that's ridiculous. Why would I do that? Well, sometimes we believe lies about people that we shouldn't. We shouldn't go there. <laughs> but it's really easy. It's really, really easy. I wrote down some that I thought of that are really easy. Um, they did not say hi to me. They're obviously ignoring me for some reason. My boss overlooked me for a promotion. He probably has a favorite, and it's not me. My spouse is obviously having an affair because we were talking and they kept looking at their phone. He didn't text me back, so I am sure he is ghosting me or he really doesn't care about people. They did not comment or like my post. I must have done something to offend them. These type of thoughts have the ability to destroy friendships, marriages, families, and churches. But I'll tell you what, Satan sells us these lies all the time. I might be all alone on this, but he sells me these lies all the time. And I jump to conclusions about people. Shame on me. It's just another battle of the mind. A battle of the mind. We, we talk in our staff a lot about, uh, do, do we assume the best? When something goes sideways, do we assume the best? Or do we immediately jump to the worst case scenario? In a very healthy culture, people assume the best. And, and you go saying, I'm sure that this isn't what you meant, so help me understand. Oh, oh, got it. And not, can't believe you did that. Smack. What were you thinking? You know, it's just, we, this is a tough one. Do we assume the best? 
What does Philippians 4, 8 say? Well, <laughs> it says the thing about things that are true and noble and right and pure and lovely and acceptable and admirable and praiseworthy. Do I think about those things? Like if I took people in my life and said, here are these people, okay, am I believing things that are praiseworthy and pure and loving and admirable about all of these people? Or am I allowing, if I took an inventory, if I did an inspection, am I allowing some of these lies to get into my head and taint my relationships with people? Oh, that could be a whole sermon too. Because there's just so much here. And we could just sit here awkwardly for a while too. And it would be terrible because there's all these thoughts I'm having about all these ways I failed on this one and I just want to move on. But uh, do I, I wrote this down, do I have an attitude that is always suspicious of others or do I assume the best about people? When I allow my mind to think the best of people, it keeps me from jumping to conclusions and worrying about things that never, ever happen. So when that person is 10 minutes late, you either have them by the side of the road in a body bag or you assume there's a perfectly good explanation. I know, but, but a flaming wreck is so much more colorful in my mind. You know, we do this all the time. It, it, you know, it's, it's that comment on the post. I'm going to go back to something I have not, know nothing about. It's the comment on the post that, that immediately bristles you up and makes you... Rrr! Or you have margin in your life to assume the best. It's, I must have just misunderstood the text. Yeah, I, I, I got to go on. What lies have you believed about others? Um, what lies? Lies about myself that I tell myself. Lies from other people that they tell me. Lies that I assume about people that, that I should not. This is the fourth one then. The lies we believe about God. Lies we believe about God. I didn't even think this was one until I started studying this sermon and thought, huh, I let lies about God sneak into my life. And I'm a professional Christian. <laughs> Shame on me. I went to Bible college. I should know better. I let lies about God sneak into my life. And I need to do battle. <clears throat> Things like this. Um... God, God doesn't care about me as much as I thought he did. Because if he did, this would not have happened in my life. God could never forgive me. In fact, I don't know that he's ever forgiven that part of me. Because, because it was really bad. How could God really forgive? I'm going to keep feeling guilty even though I have forgiveness. I'm going to continue to ask forgiveness over and over and over and over again because I'm sure that God didn't really forgive me the first time. God can't see what I'm doing. He doesn't know my thoughts. 
I'm pretty sure I can sin and get away with it. Think about that. Think about the lies we tell, the lies we believe about God. The list of lies goes on and on. Um, And I think we have to be careful because if if we don't hit those lies hard and cast them out, and say, no, 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 that's not what God said. This is the truth about God, right here. If I want to know about God, really who he is, regardless of my own circumstances and feelings, I start here, and I end here. This is truth about God. But if I allow those lies in my head to erode, they will begin to affect how I live. They will begin to affect how you live. Philippians 4.8 Philippians 4.8. This is a verse that we probably all should memorize. In fact, if you want to combat, if you want to attack your mind, if you want to fight back in your mind, arm yourself with Bible verses. The best defense. Second best defense, arm yourself with worship songs. Praise and worship songs. Music sung to God about God. Those are your best two. You want to put on a war against your mind? You can surely stop the flow of junk. Okay, I recommend that. Turn the spigot off. My dad used to say, garbage in, garbage out. Guy go, you, we do it with computers. You put junk in a computer, you're going to get junk out. Why don't we think of our minds that way? You can't put junk into your head and expect to get some other lifestyle out. That's just dumb. doesn't work that way. So some of us need to turn the spigot off and say, okay, I can't keep putting toxicity in my head and expect to get glorious flowers. <laughs> just can't. But then the second thing is we, we've got to put God's word in our hearts, in our heads. This is a great verse to memorize. You take every thought into captivity, Paul wrote every single thought and say, wait, I need to inspect this thought. I need to get rid of it. Shame on me for dwelling on that thought. I, I have this thing that I do in my, in my life that is weird, but there's a lot of things I do in my life that are weird. Um, so if you were spending any time with me, if you were in the passenger seat of, of a vehicle I was driving for any period of time, you would hear me say, nope, not going to do it. Right out loud. Nope, not going to do it. And that is me throwing a, throwing a thought out of my head that I am intentionally deciding that I am not going to think about. Nope, not going to do it. And it could be a sinful thought. It could be a worthless thought. It could be a conversation I'm having about something that I just had a conversation. And if he says it again, this is what I'm going to say, and then I'm going to say this, and then this is going to happen, and then I'm... Nope, not, not going to think about it. Not, not going to do it. And, and if I don't say it right out loud, I probably will keep on thinking about it. Nope, not going to do it. Not, not going to do it. Not going to think about it. Because sin is not my master. I have been bought with a price. I have been freed from the bondage of sin and death because I'm a follower of Jesus. I do not have to lose that battle.
So what? So which one of these four lies do you wrestle with most? Which one? One, two, three, or four. Identify that. Figure out where the battle is in your mind. That's the first step to victory. Find it. Say, you know what? I have been living under the cloud of lies of what other people have told me for years, and and I see that now, and it is a war, and I take those thoughts and I give them time in my day, and then I give them a place to sleep at night. I dwell on them. I obsess on them. I need to stop doing that. Or, or maybe it's the lies you tell yourself. And that could be delusion, really prideful, haughty, or that can be terribly deprecating. It could be either extreme. Both are unhealthy. Maybe it's the lies I believe about God. That, you know what, I'm going through a season of life that I don't want to question God, but I am, and I it's, it's a battle in my head. And then, second question is, is uh, what is the specific lie you find yourself thinking about that you need to cast out? I don't want this just to be information. I want us to do something with it. Because our minds are battling. We're in a battle. We're in a war. And Satan wants to destroy us. He wants us to be ineffective for God. And he knows that the key to that is our mind. It's our mind. Everything's won and lost in our mind. When we allow our minds to dwell on anything other than the truth, it is like we're welcoming a robber into our house to steal from us. The lies we dwell on will rob our peace, it will rob our joy, and it will affect how we behave and act. Some of you need to memorize a verse this week. I would recommend Philippians 4.8. We only had like nine slides of it up there, so you saw it a bunch of times. If you say that verse 20 times every day, if you read that verse 20 times every day for this week, you will have it. 20 times a day. 140 times this week. You will have it. The other thing I would recommend is not only are you casting those thoughts out and saying, no, I will not think about that. I will not let my mind do that. We'll put something back in. Either God's word or, or worship songs. Songs that sing about God, who he is, what he's done. It will change your life. If you don't have a Bible and you need one, there's a table out there and there are Bibles. You can take one. They're orange, orange Bibles. Feel free to grab one um, because this is very, very, very important. version is also another place you can find God's Word. Um, this, is a, this is a book, I Declare War, Four Keys to Winning. This is uh, Levi Lesko. This is the, where we got the series. It's from this book. Um, some of you may be interested in buying the book and reading the book while we go through the series the next five weeks. Excellent book on a battle that we are all in, whether we realize it or not. But it begins with a battle of the mind. Let's pray. Father, I, uh, I recognize that, that I'm in a battle. And left to myself, not battling, I, I will lose.
because I, because Satan's powerful and I need to win. I need to be attacking the sin. Please help me. Please help us to not only recognize we're in a battle, but to desire to have minds and hearts that are pure before you. So that you could so that you could do an inventory of our minds and you would be pleased. God, help us to inspect our, our hearts. Help us to not allow us to lie to ourselves or others to lie to us or, or, or us to have lies about you. Help us to help us to be good disciples of Jesus. We want to be followers of Jesus that please you and live in a way that pleases you. Help us. We need it. In Jesus' name, amen.